collects data. But are you collecting the right data for your audience? Does the data you collect help you understand your users, your advertisers, and their KPIs? And is it optimized to ensure it's having an impact? Join Eric Mies, Director of Product, Video Experience, Ad, and Ad Operations at Anime Powerhouse Crunchyroll this week on Good Data Better Marketing to find out the answers to all these questions and more. Eric shares insights from his decade-plus of experience specializing in product management and ad operations. That's Good Data, Better Marketing, available now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast provider. On this episode of the AW360 Podcast, I speak with Ben Allison, VP and Head of Media at VaynerMedia London. Ben discusses how brands and advertisers can navigate cookie deprecation, the rise in importance of the D2C space, and the growth of the creator economy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Ben, welcome to the AW360 Podcast. I'm happy to have you on today. Thank you, Richard. Really appreciate the uh, the opportunity to join you and, and speak a bit today. Looking forward to the conversation. So you're VP and Head of Media at VaynerMedia London, and you don't sound very London to me. Yeah, that's right. I, um, <laughs> I grew up in the States. Uh, I, I spent the first part of my career in New York, and about three years ago, uh, my wife and I moved over here to London um, to, to kind of take the opportunity uh, that VaynerMedia had put, put in front of us um, to, to help lead our international expansion. When it comes to the word media, I'm always curious, what does that mean to you? Because it can mean so many different things, but I mean, it's in your title and it's in the company name. Define media for the audience as you'd see it. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because it does mean so many different things. And I think it actually means two different things when you when you think about um, our company name and, and then the, the way that it's used kind of in my title. So um, specifically for me and my title and my remit, I really think about it as um, the, the medium uh, where we would express any kind of uh, creative execution. So um, finding the right uh, space, the physical space, whether that's billboards or or print or audio or what have you, um, and and interacting and, and identifying uh, the value of that inventory and, and kind of where attention is against those different media sources. Excellent, I love that answer. Um, there's a lot of hot topics in the industry right now, and I have to assume that you know your role at VaynerMedia means you probably touch the bulk of them. So if you don't mind, I'm going to kind of go through some of the things that everybody in advertising week is sort of discussing right now and we'll get your take on them. Is that cool with you? Of course. The first one, and this one is, I have a little fatigue on it. I'm lying. I probably have a lot of fatigue, but let's discuss all things iOS and cookie deprecation. How are brands coping with the, the whole, all of the changes that are happening? And just from your perspective, what else still needs to be done? Yeah. You know, it's a great question. It's a big question. Um, I think the the first part in terms of how are brands coping with it, I would say kind of uh, slowly and, and to the best of their capabilities. Uh, it's a massive turnover in terms of um, 
how brands, how platforms receive data, how they ingest that that data, you know, make sense of it, and, and ultimately have that inform uh, future advertising actions. Um, obviously, the pushback of cookie deprecation, which has kind of been this this looming um, can that keeps getting kicked down the, the road, um, <laughs> gives gives a little bit more runway on, on that front. But you know, ATT came in fast and hard, uh, and I think was a, a little bit of a punch in the mouth and a wake up call for for everyone. And you know, there's been very material impact in terms of uh, both kind of in market performance, so the actual performance that you're able to see and identify and, and track back against, um, you know, the, the ads that, that you have live, but also the the structural element. So you know, how you think about measuring that, how you're how your uh, analytic systems are set up and how you're ingesting data. Um, so there's kind of two parallel work streams that almost every brand that we interact with is is um, still hard at work on. One more on the media mix side. How do you start to either diversify or look at new partners or think of new ways to, to, to kind of continue to drive the performance you're looking for? And on the other side, how do you continue to build out your data ecosystem in a way that that works for today, but is also future-proofed against some of these these looming changes that, that we're all considering, like cookie deprecation. Excellent. Next one would be native e-commerce integrations. I think we're seeing a lot of shoppable things through social now. I mean, I know that I actually did my first purchase through uh, direct through TikTok the other day. I've been doing them through Instagram for the better part of the past year. What does that look like on your side, and where does it look like down the road? Yeah, this is this is a huge one, and within the context of um, you know that that kind of data fidelity and and uh, iOS ATT and and all those kind of considerations, obviously you have um, platforms moving to try to one shorten the, the conversion funnel, if you will, between point of exposure and and uh, ultimately that, that checkout or, or that desired action, uh, sort of remove friction from that process and make it as, as easy, uh, as possible, um, to kind of close that loop. Um, but also there's a lot of, of reasons for platforms to be excited about shortening that and, and bringing some of that action back into their ecosystem, back into their platform, which gives them even more visibility into all of those different data touch points and, and ideally all the way down through that point of conversion. So if you think about something like an Instagram checkout uh, and really plugging both the merchant and, and kind of payment solution directly into the app, uh, it resolves a lot of the issues that that ATT and you know iOS 14.5 uh, brought brought into the equation. So we're seeing a, a huge continued trend across you know all the all the players to continue to push towards that, um, and consumer uh, adoption is continuing to kind of to 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 ramp up. Uh, I still think there's a, a lot of headroom there. I think um, going into this holiday season. You know, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, uh, Boxing Day, uh, as we think about kind of closing out Q4, it would be really interesting to see the dynamics um, th that you see both from the platform side and the consumer side. Uh, the hope uh, for us and I think for for um, advertisers uh, on the whole would be that you'll continue to see that user behavior pick up because um, it, it really represents um, some strong kind of wind in the sails in terms of likelihood of, of continued strong performance going into next year. 
And kind of following up on that, what are you seeing in terms of the demographics of users buying through platforms like that? I mean, I remember time was in the uh, the olden days of the internet, and this is probably pre-mobile, but you know, early days of mobile as well. You know, older generations were a little skittish about buying things via e-commerce at all, let alone through an app that wasn't, you know, Amazon directly or something like that, you know, a known source. What are you seeing in terms of those demographics? Are they, is it catching on or is there a little hesitation still? Yeah, it's definitely catching on. You know, we're seeing a strong, obviously it, it always will kind of skew a little bit younger. It'll skew a little more towards kind of your early tech adopters, which is, you know, in, in, in these days going to be more of that that Gen Z millennial um, kind of uh, age ranges, but mm-hmm. uh, adoption really does run the gamut. Uh, I think, you know, there is huge value when you think about some of these native integrations, the, the, the brand recognition of a Google or, or a Facebook or an Instagram. And as a user going into that and going through some of those native flows. Um, so you, you've obviously seen those systems proliferate across generations, across demographics, across markets, you know, with huge daily and monthly active users that represent in the billions. Um, and, and so we're, we're not seeing huge disparities uh, in terms of, you know, willingness to, to interact with, with kind of e-commerce or, or native uh, shopping capabilities. And some of these are, you know, have been around for a number of years when you think about dynamic ads and, and catalog and, you know, feed ing- ingestion. Um, uh, and, and so those are, you know, continue to, to really be the driving power of kind of all social commerce and e-commerce, uh, where we're seeing the development on the, on the more fringes, if you will, um, which, which really represent, I think, the next era uh, is is the integrated payments, so the IG checkouts um, of the world. Now let's flip over a little bit to the other side and talk creative and creatives and you know and content. You know, we've heard a lot about the growth of the creator economy. It's something that has, I think, just continued to explode, and it almost feels exponential daily to me sometimes when you see just how many creators there are out there. What does that ecosystem look like to you at, at VaynerMedia, and what what can we expect in the years to come? Is it going to continue to grow? I mean, it feels like there's just so many that I'm not even sure how it can sustain, yet it continues to surprise me. Yeah, and, you know, even the way you frame that in terms of let's let's flip over to kind of the other side of the conversation, I think the trick will be um, as this continues to scale that these almost dovetail into into somewhat one and the same. So as you think about on the technical backend integration side, mm-hmm. um, enabling you know seamless checkout in platform, enabling um, product feeds that can be shared between brands and creators and, and things of that nature. So almost the next iteration of affiliate links and kind of blogger lifestyle and, and some of what currently exists within within the influencer uh, space and ecosystem. As those continue to uh, get built up on the technical side and you have this, um, this rise of, of the creator economy, there, it becomes an easier handoff in ways that creators can can interact um, with brands um, and almost be frontline sales uh, individuals, um, kind of a, a new generation of, of what you might imagine as, you know, door-to-door sales folks and, and things of that nature. Um, and this is, you know, you have major uh, systems being built outside of platforms that are trying to enable creators and, and uh, source creators um, for brands, but also obviously platforms themselves. If you think about Meta, 
Google, you know, TikTok are investing billions in, in building out those kind of uh, native creator ecosystems so that, that brands can identify creators, um, can work with creators, creators can, can um, you know, identify opportunities and, and execute content against those. And, and really, I think what this speaks to is kind of the amount of time and attention that's being spent in these in these spaces and how this starts to overlap and almost steal market share from what we would classically consider more entertainment, you know, television world and that bleeding into uh, a lot of these different, um, you know, in, in kind of air quotes, social or, or, or uh, mobile based video kind of entertainment ecosystems. And to, to continue to, to generate the content against that you need you know, massive amounts of, of creator input. So both from a strict monetization and advertising perspective, but also just in terms of creating content and entertainment that, that other individuals want to, to, to consume. That's a perfect segue to my next question, which is, you know, let's talk video a little bit. You know, there's a lot of talk around AVOD versus SVOD and those different models. And, you know, the whole Netflix is, you know, going to eventually have a, an AVOD system how does that play into the entire mix and and what does that look like you know again in your region but then also globally yeah a, another fascinating one and i think there's a lot of interesting dynamics there because when we look at this um you can look at it from a bunch of different angles so in terms of you know user behavior time spent it's obviously on a meteoric rise and you see you know um the the kind of gloves off fight for um, subscription when you think about maybe a, a finite amount of, of subscriptions that, that individuals might have in a household, you know, Paramount making a huge push. Obviously you have Amazon with Prime Video as, as you know, and, and IMDB um, uh, as kind of almost a, a free giveaway with, with their Prime memberships, uh, which, is, which is a huge value add there. Apple TV, Netflix, Disney, you know, so a, a real um, kind of, yeah, gloves off um, um, fight out there. Uh, so all of that when, when thinking about kind of rise of, of user behavior in terms of pricing, you know, there's a lot of interesting dynamics. Uh, Netflix, obviously, in their most recent partnership with, with Microsoft and Xander opening up um, advertising for the first time and going to market with, uh, you know, fairly lofty uh, minimums um, to kind of even even play ball there. And so in, in terms of a apples to apples comparison, there are a lot of, of advantages right now, I'd say, to, to more traditional linear video formats in terms of, of pricing, just given the move of the market and how much is, is kind of being invested in some of these OTT CTV environments and, and some of the, the price action that that's causing in the market, which leaves... Um, some bargains, if you will, in, in kind of some some older formats. Um, but when you think, when you take a step back and you kind of look at this over the next two, three, four, five year trend, um, the market is clearly moving in, in this direction. And where we really see the benefit or the opportunity is all of this becomes biddable, you know, programmatic to use that word. Um, so you're laying on targeting capabilities, measurement capabilities, um, and really, you know, TV is the new Facebook, you know, what Facebook and Google authored uh, over the last 20 years in terms of easy to use buying interfaces, you know, unparalleled reach and kind of full funnel capabilities. Um, you, you're seeing all that kind of 
spread now into inventory sources uh, like the traditional full episode player format, but also out of home when you think about uh, the proliferation of, of digital screens and things of that nature. So this kind of biddable format uh, is really uh, cascading out across uh, the, the whole spectrum of, of inventory sources. And we all have so many subscriptions. I mean, for my part, I think one of the things I'm most curious about is how this will shape the future of televised sports. You know, I when I think about, you know, the, the things I watch, if I'm watching shows and movies, etc., I rarely ever see commercials because I currently subscribe to probably too many different services. But when I think of, you know, when do I see ads, it's always doing it's always during sports. What kind of impact do you see in the in the foreseeable future of how this is all going to play out on that side? And, you know, bearing in mind that, you know, there are some pretty substantial differences between, you know, what happens in, in the UK versus what happens in the States and how all of that is handled because of various rights issues and licensing and all of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, some some interesting notes on that, you know, Apple uh, Music just announced um, they're sponsoring the the Super Bowl halftime show. You know, obviously Amazon uh, paying, you know, some somewhere north of 10 billion um, for rights to Thursday night football, in both in, in the U.S. market, obviously. But, you know, sports, I think, is, to your point, kind of the last stronghold when you think about that, that live tune in, the, the, the ad advertising opportunities that it represents. Um, for us, I think it's only a matter of time until, you know, at some point, uh, th- those chips are going to fall and, and uh, the players are getting too big between Amazon, Google. Uh, you know, Meta um, and and the many others um, uh, to not kind of figure out ways into that market and start to steal that share, own those rights, um, you know, be able to stream them natively, et cetera. And for the last question, I like to throw out the crystal ball. Okay, so looking ahead five years or so, even 10, and I'll let you pick. Uh, what do you see the industry headed towards? Are we going to a better place, a worse place, the same place, only more of it? Or, you know, what kind of advancements do you see? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll start with one that is is hopefully a, a layup, um, which is not underestimating the impact that um, TikTok has had on the industry when you think about this shift from ID based um, or kind of social graphs or these other types of, of ways that um, content was recommended to you, um, which was kind of the, the last 20 years um, and, and really pivoting that towards more of this recommendation base. So it really starts to open up those avenues that I was speaking of in terms of this entertainment gray area between what we've traditionally uh, had in kind of television formats and, and what you're seeing with TikTok and now shorts and reels and, you know, all the, the variations and, and versions that, that will continue to, to come out of this. So I think that is going to be a major theme for the, for the next five years. <clears throat> We're just going to start to see more built on that, which is not who am I friends with, you know, offline, who did I work with, um, but more, what are people speaking about? What topics do I think, you know, do I find this information interesting and having algorithmic um, con- or uh, having content sourced to you algorithmically just based off of what you viewed, what you've liked um, and, and all those um, kind of mechanisms. So I think that's 
probably a, a fair, I feel fairly confident in predicting that that will continue to be a major theme for the next five years. I think you're going to also continue to see a massive theme around this um, buildup of, of these walled gardens and, and really trying to pull in these this uh, native commerce behavior and, and try to bring as much as possible in terms of these vertical integrations. Obviously, what Amazon has done is, is a great blueprint there. I think you'll see Apple move more into the advertising space, which will be very interesting to see legislatively, uh, you know, even culturally, how kind of consumers react to some of that um, that behavior based off of of the positions that they've taken historically. Um, and I think you're going to see Meta and Google really continue to lean in in terms of uh, their product builds out, build out, uh, continue to push things like conversions API um, and, and other kind of updated targeting mechanisms that will allow them to, to kind of increase their, their overall data fidelity. Uh, I do think you're going to see this continued rise of, of the creator economy. Um, and lastly, I know, you know, it's talked about, not talked about, and it seems very far off. And, and I don't know if it will come to fruition in, in five years, but when you think about the opportunity of the metaverse, uh, I think you're going to continue to see uh, probably more so on the product side, continue to see a, a, a heavy investment there because it, it represents the next future state to, to rebuild operating system and really have the, the realization of what I was talking about in terms of that, that full vertical integration, right? You can own the hardware, the software, um, the experience um, kind of end to end. So I think you'll continue to see a race there um, across all of these major players. Uh, and it'll be interesting to, to see how, you know, brands interplay with that. Uh, I'm not sure that there will be a lot of really concrete ways to, to interact with that uh, in, in that five-year runway. Um, uh, but but I think will continue to be a, a hotly contested uh, area. Excellent. Well, Ben, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Um, if somebody wanted to find out more about VaynerMedia, particularly VaynerMedia London, where would they go? Uh, you go to our website uh, or any of our social handles um, and probably most famously um, give our, our founder uh, and CEO, Gary Vaynerchuk, a follow. Um, and yeah, we would, we would love to, to speak with anyone if, if they'd love to hear more and, and Richard, I just want to thank you for the time and the opportunity to speak today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, Richard. Thanks for listening for more content like this and to learn about advertising week's world leading events for the advertising technology and marketing industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Chaptering and other structural elements for this podcast are powered by Snackable AI. With the ability to unify all content in one place, have AI distill the best insights instantaneously, and share them seamlessly, businesses on Snackable create more relevant value for their audiences faster than ever before. Learn more at snackable.ai.